Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 127 or 128 of the only audio you need. At this point, I'm not really sure it even matters what episode we are on, so just bear with me. But I just thought I'd kick us off with uh, the latest and breakingest of newses. Surprisingly, uh, an NFL head coach doesn't have the most progressive views. Recently, John Gruden, uh, one of the most, I'd probably say famous NFL coaches in the league, besides like Bill Belichick or some shit, Pete Carroll maybe, uh, shockingly used homophobic and misogynistic and other ist terms uh, within emails he sent to uh, another NFL owner. And it just, it kind of blows my mind. I mean, yeah, it's probably not the best that he did this and or maybe has these views and is like, you know, supporting messages that are kind of, you know, contradict exactly what he did. But are we really that surprised? I mean, he's not, he's, he's gotta be, there's no way he's the only NFL key, or uh, coach that has done shit like this. I'm sure just about every NFL coach could be pinched on some shit like this. So I, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess we should put some attention to it and it'll help the league uh, be more progressive in general. But this is the kind of the shocking thing to me. It seems like football is probably the most like, I don't know, traditionally masculine sport. If there was a place for toxic masculinity to like find a home, I, I feel like the NFL would be the place. And shockingly, specifically Donald Trump, but just like the Republican Party in general, just doesn't seem to be finding a lot of ground with the NFL. How has the NFL become so progressive? It wouldn't blow my mind if you took a survey of NFL fans and you were like, hey, would you self-describe as Democrat or conservative or like Republican? I wouldn't be blown away if most of them said Republican. And yet somehow... The NFL really just has not been trending in that direction in the past couple of years. But I don't want to dwell too long on the NFL and whatever their most progressive policies are uh, up to, you know, at this date. I wanted to move on to to probably what should be the biggest development, uh, you know, of the past six months. Hopefully it dominates more than one news cycle. I don't even know if it's going to get a full news cycle. Um, But recently, the Pandora Papers report has been released uh, detailing, uh, you know, quite a few, uh, you know, financial, fancy financial footworks of uh, some of the the most wealthy uh, people in the world. And, you know, a couple of celebrities here and there. And, of course, you guys might remember some of the uh, other big financial data leaks or whatever with the Panama Papers, which, you know, everybody thought was going to be a big deal. But it's just it just seems like these data leaks, you know, financial crimes just kind of come and go. 
And uh, there's really nothing that ever comes of these, you know, uncovering years of research, hundreds of reporters collaborating together to get a report like this out. And just the other day, I saw something that kind of blew my mind. It, uh, it said, and maybe it shouldn't have blown my mind. Maybe this should have been just predictable at this point. <clears throat> but there were more calls to track down and incarcerate, bring to justice the rioters of January 16th, the insurrectionists, or whatever you want to call them. And it just, I don't know, guys. I don't know if this is the play. Are we really, is this not more than just a distraction at this point? Why the fuck are we focused on some, like, absolute losers literally incapable of doing almost anything that happened to be brainwashed into some fucking, like, cult-like state where they thought it was a grand idea to go storm the U.S. Capitol building. And the shocking part is they actually fucking made it in the doors. They were, like, you know, stealing shit from Pelosi's office and... To me, it just seems like we're just embarrassed. And so that's why we're focused on it. It's like, yeah, they fucking got these idiots, these mouth breathers. Not only do they think this was a good idea, and this is now a part of our country, is that there is a, you know, decently significant portion of the population that A, either committed these acts, or thought this was a good-ass idea, or doesn't think that these people did anything wrong. It was just a regular ass protest or whatever. We're literally just embarrassed that these motherfuckers got in the building. And so we're willing to go to the ends of the earth to bring these people to justice. I mean, it's like, hey, reporting, snitch on your fucking neighbors, bro. Do you have anything? Do they have anything in their Facebook profile that might hint that they were involved in the January 6th, you know, riot or whatever? And we're, there's regular, this, this happened in January, it's now October, and we're still focused on this. That's got to have dominated, I don't know how many news cycles, it's got to be a record. Yet, these motherfuckers are never going to do anything ever again. Unless they get brainwashed out of their fucking minds, or maybe they're brainwashing just, you know, like residual, residual brainwashing. But it's like there are calls to bring these motherfuckers to justice, even though like what they did could probably be diagnosed as a mental health condition. Like, I, I frankly am a little more concerned that it's more it's less of a criminal issue and more of a mental health issue, which sounds curiously familiar. But I really do kind of I'm getting more and more suspicious that if you, if you actually got into the Capitol building on January 6th, that is less of a criminal issue and more of a mental health issue. And I'm just disappointed in the focus on that and the lack of attention and, and the, la- the I guess it's really just my expectation just because of this happening time and time again that... 
egregious financial crimes are going to be exposed and laid out for the whole world to see millions of documents. Fucking Shakira and Ringo Starr are implicated in the Pandora Papers. Crazy shit. Yet I guarantee you this exact same thing is going to happen in one year's time. People are still going to be committing financial crimes in a year's time. There's, there's no chance that this dominates from now until 10 months from now. Or at least is brought... I don't even think it's going to be brought up. It's going to be... The only time it's going to be brought up again is when the next big financial leak happens. And we're like, oh shit, man, add another one to the list. You know, these people are like financing genocide and satanic pedophile cults or whatever the fuck. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I just don't... I don't know where you stand on what these people are doing, like the ultra wealthy are doing with their money. But I think we can agree for the most part, probably not the best uses of money. Probably committing more crimes than you'd like to see with billions of dollars. Can we agree upon that? And yet we are not doing anything to legitimately change our financial systems so that you know financial crimes like this and 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 billions being offshored to to tax havens we ha we have no interest in solving this it just blows my mind that we're getting distracted by like a bunch of morons who why why don't you instead of just straight up punishing people on January 6th why don't you instead focus on what the fuck radicalized these, you know, simpletons? What, what the fuck radicalized these smooth brain, you know, kids living in their parents' basement or whatever? Like, it just seems like this is the, the, the democratic equivalent of a caravan coming from Latin America or transgender people assaulting, you know, kids in, in bathrooms or whatever. This is literally just like some stupid ass distraction from this monumental, maybe if it just, just never gets brought up ever again, maybe I'll be happy. But I, why are there not the same level of calls or, or greater levels of calls to bring to justice anyone implicated in the Pandora Papers or the Panama Papers or there's like, I saw something, there's like, there's like three other ones. That you gotta fucking go through and see. I don't even know them. They're big deals, but not really. But enough about shit that we really have no ability to do anything about, and the people that do have the ability to do anything about, uh, you know, shit from the Pandora Papers. They're not gonna do anything about it because you know it's their friends and uh, you know colleagues that have been implicated. So I, I, and. I just wanted to ask, <clears throat> kind of a subject change here, is, is America getting soft, or just like, is the world getting a little soft? I know there are some places where there are still some hard-ass motherfuckers out there, but, you know, like, if, 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 if Genghis Khan looked at the world today, would he be like, I would kill everyone in like a month, you know, 
I just get worried because people, you know, sometimes they want to do something great with their life. There are people out there, you know, that want to be put up there with Da Vinci or Isaac Newton or just like amazing figures within, you know, history. How, How do you become a Nelson Mandela tier person or, you know, whatever? Is that a hard process? Is it difficult to create something that would outlive you? Is it difficult? Did Mozart have a hard-ass time making all of his music or becoming so great at making music? And I, you know, contend that there is. It's very difficult to do something great. And it, it should, if you're going to put out the best work you possibly can... It should take all of you. And here's my question. If it should take all of you, which I think we can agree upon, to do something amazing, it takes all of you. Why are we so focused on helping people's mental health? Hey, bro, maybe it, you know, you got to become a little suicidal after doing something fucking amazing. It's got to take everything that you have. Maybe you didn't get to focus on your mental health this month because you were, I don't know, coming up with a cure for Ebola or some shit. I just don't get, why are we focused on reducing the suicide rates? We should be increasing the suicide rates because that means that people are really giving a shit and they're really fucking trying hard. There's no chance that we compete with China or Russia in the next 30 years if we don't pump those numbers up. If we don't have people giving their all to doing something spectacular. You know, like in in Japan, perhaps I have been told wrong, but allegedly falling asleep at your desk uh, is a good thing. Is like looked upon like, Oh my God, this fucking guy, he was working his ass off that he fell asleep at his desk. He's so honorable or whatever. Why, what if we looked at it the same way? Oh man, dude, this guy was working at this company. He was doing his fucking hardest to bring uh, educational software to children that he killed himself. He was so, he was so fucking committed. He's so fucking determined to change the world that he gave himself he gave up his own life to to you know bring about some kind of change i mean that's what was happening at like foxconn factories you know i just feel like we should be asking more from ourselves even if it costs more from ourselves to do amazing things but I think this needs to come in, in, in you know, conjunction with a probably more important decision that we got to make as a society. We've always talked about assisted physician-assisted suicide. Can you, if you're like terminal, you've got, you know, some kind of terminal illness or you're like 102 and you're like, ah, let's just pack it up. Let me, let me get out of here. I don't want to live through all the suffering anymore. I would like to... It's some good old-fashioned, all-American, physician-assisted suicide. 
And I mean, yeah, there are obviously two very, I think, cohesive arguments on both sides. I don't know which one's correct, but I don't know if you guys saw the most recent, like, you know, Bo Burnham, his special inside. He has a bit in there where he talks about, he's like, well, I don't, you shouldn't kill yourself. Suicide is bad. But if there was a way that I could kill myself for a year or 18 months, I would do it today. And it really, it had me thinking, how much right do you, like if you could just be like put into a coma for a year, is that, can you, is that allowed? Be like, hey man, there are risks to this procedure, but you are able to, if you'd like, have a medically induced, induced coma and just just be gone. You're going to wake up in a year and it's going to feel like almost no time has passed. Or can we bring back some kind of uh, old age medicine that still blows my mind that it was performed on a lot of people, big names too. Uh, why can't I get a lobotomy? Why can I not ask a physician to perform a lobotomy on me? Like, wouldn't that be so much nice? Like, what if that was the treatment? It's like, hey man, you're suicidal. One thing we could do for you, let's say all the other antipsychotic medication doesn't work. Can we put a hole in your brain as the treatment? Because, I mean, you're probably going to think life is a lot cooler. I mean, you're going to chill the fuck out a lot more with just a little hole in your brain. So I just don't really see why we're not allowed to do that. Um, and I, I, I really do think the world would be a lot better. Like, what if you had options? It was like, hey, man, you can get this factory job. You're, you're, you'll more or less kill yourself. You'll kill your former self. You'll still be alive. But now all you'll ever want to do is work in this factory and push this button when the light turns on or whatever. You know, just like some real, a, a job somebody with a lobotomy could do. You can be a housewife uh, from here moving forward. You are, like, like, there has to be like a checklist. It'd be like adopting a child or like adopting a pet. It's like you've gotten to the point. We believe you are ready for your lobotomy. You have, you've shown that you are qualified you can live off of your financial situation from now until, uh, you know, a certain point. I mean, maybe there's some kind of option, theoretically, that you could get into where it would be like, you have this kind of a runway. We're going to lobotomize you. You know, hit your off switch or what have you. And... Your runway looks like about 15 years until you become financially bankrupt. Unless something spectacular happens. Unless your Ethereum, you know, goes through the roof and you're able to support yourself for 25 years or longer or some shit. But it's like we're going to lobotomize you now and you get to live off of your assets or whatever income you're able to produce after your procedure. But once you go bankrupt, uh, we're shooting you in the face. You know, you thought the lobotomy was intense initially. You thought you killed your former self. Now you're going to kill your whole self, your future self. 
But I think, like, you know, you're probably not going to give a shit after you've had a lobotomy. So, like, what's the big deal? I, it just seems like a really, uh, an excellent solution for, you know, a lot of people who might not have uh, a lot, a lot to offer or a lot to gain out of not being lobotomized. But just kind of uh, changing topics moving forward, I, I feel like this show sometimes becomes too political, and I, and I really feel like the only option would be to double down. Make, make the show exclusively political. Make this show, you know, almost worryingly political. Make this show something that YouTube would want to flag. Um, cause I know YouTube's out there these days and I mean, obviously there's a lot of other platforms. You can listen to podcasts on like 13 different apps or some shit and counting, but YouTube is obviously a hub for a lot of people. And I mean, I know people have built incomes off of YouTube and have, have set themselves up and their children have set their children up for their lives, uh, just from making money off of YouTube. So it can't be ignored. By any means, but you know, is there is there some stuff that we should or should not be able to talk about? And obviously, the the pandemic has created one of those big things that you're really not supposed to talk about it. So we're not going to. Which means if we can't talk about uh, science and medicine unadulterated, everything must be political. Right? That's, that's kind of how I'm seeing things. So I just wanna, wanted to go back to uh, one of my favorite never-ending political talking points is what would the framers think about this? What did the framers have in their mind when they wrote the Second Amendment? Or what did the framers have in their mind when they said, all men are created equal? Who gives a fuck what the framers thought? And I think the framers would say that. After like 200 years, they'd be like, hey, guys, like you got to update this. You know, we had a good idea. We learned a lot from the past. We did our fucking best to make a document that would sustain a government. But I don't even think they thought hey, man, in 200 years, they're going to look back on this shit and be like, job well done, fellas. It's still perfect. Un no need to, uh, you know, audit this thing at all and, you know, see if every decision was the perfect decision, see if everything was fully optimized. I mean, they knew that, and so they, you know, de developed the whole amendment system initially for the Constitution. Great job. Good work. But is there any chance that even the safeguards they predicted weren't necessarily going to be perfect? So I, I just get worried um, that we kind of just dick ride the framers a little bit too much. They wrote it. You know, they, they really developed the government, and it's, it's awesome. But people often say, one, one area that they often cite is, Church and state, the separation of church and state doesn't actually appear 
in the Declaration of Independence or the Constitution, and that it not appearing in these places makes the idea less valid. And so I just, I, I'm curious, does the idea of separation of church and state hold up to modern scrutiny? Because I mean, honestly, what, what, what can you really ask of somebody? Is it like, hey man, we need to lean on to the ancient wisdoms of our forefathers? Uh, or, or should it be like, everything should hold up to modern scrutiny? You know, it, it, does everything have to, I don't know, take the test of modernity to be good, to be something that we follow? Uh, and, and it's just, it's got me curious. It, it, it begs the question immediately, do we think that our understanding of morality, of the way that the world should work, the way that governments should be run, is that a linear progression from savages to civilization is there a world where we can acknowledge that the founding fathers got shit right but maybe they had fucked up views on i don't know something as you know blatant as slavery maybe there was a little bit of linear progression from owning people and treating people as property to not doing some shit like that and maybe we're all equal especially under the eyes of the law. Um, and so I, I do, uh, you know, give some kudos to the founding fathers with that. And, and their whole, their, their kind of foresight and their brilliance that maybe they don't have all the answers now. Um, but it, 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 I think there should be almost like set out plans. Hey, let's reconvene this shit in 10 years. And maybe we need to write a new constitution in 10 years. And I'm talking about like from the ground up. I don't, I'm not talking about like, Hey, let's make an amendment to the constitution and we got to have like a, you know, fucking 51% or or whatever it is. The 75% of States to ratify an amendment to actually have an amendment pass or, you know, we got to have this percentage of uh, states to sign on to give all their delegates to the popular vote winner of a presidential election. And that's the only way that we'll ever change the electoral college. Because it's just like, if the system is built in a way, you kind of have to think of it as like, to a certain extent, the U.S. government is a closed system. You know, the only way that the system... Like, the system has to change itself. It's really hard for, like, an external force to come in and change the system. Because it's like, let's think about it. The decision makers of today, the people that would legitimately be able to change and challenge the status quo, what incentive do they have to do that? You know, they're already cashing out. They're fucking made in the shade under the current system. And you're going to ask them, hey, man, maybe ranked choice voting would give more power to the people. Bro, everybody's greedy. Like, do, is, there, is there like a moral reason that people want more power? Some philosophers, uh, you know, cite that maybe the best government would be a benevolent dictator. It would do all the right choices, make all the right decisions for the people. But at the same time, 
it would be able to act quickly and decisively in times of crisis. And, I mean, everybody knows that there is not anything quick and decisive about our current governmental system. Uh, The current decision makers of our society. So it's like, what if we just had, hey, 50 years from now, or, I mean, it's probably been long enough, right? Couldn't we have, like, an amendment in the Constitution? You wouldn't even have to deal with it. This is my favorite. And maybe this is the shining hope for legitimate change to ever find its way into the U.S. government. Make it so that the decision makers that are making the decision now don't have to deal with the consequences in the future. And, and I, this almost might be key. What if it was like, hey guys, probably this timetable doesn't really work anymore, but if the timetable time did work, what if it was like Congress passes a law that in 70 years we will overnight switch to completely carbon neutral or whatever. It's like, yeah, the decision gets made now. The repercussions won't be seen for 70 years. So what the fuck do you care? Just saddle your children with the, the you know, great burden of changing the entire U.S. economy and changing the way that most people's lives exist where we're now carbon neutral. Or like, just make a law where it's like, hey, in 50 years when I'll be dead or, you know, most of Congress is going to be dead. Make a law where it's like, yeah, we've got to rewrite the Constitution from the ground up. Nothing's decided anymore. You know, we're going to have... We're going to reconvene the Continental Congress uh, and have some, some new dude named George Washington or a robot, George Washington, lead us to write and develop a new government. I just really think that that's probably the only way that we see a real change is just take the burden of actually doing anything off of this generation. Just leave hard, uh, like make, make, I mean, this is an easy ass decision. Make the decisions just easier. Leave the hard decisions for somebody else. I mean, maybe it's a little cynical that we don't think, or that I'm, that I'm, you know, saying that our society isn't capable of hard decisions and like, you know, doing uh, the the real backbreaking effort that is required to actually save the planet. Just push that, make an easy decision that you're never going to have to actually pay now and just fuck over the next generation. Like, you could, you could be outlandish with it. It could be like, hey, uh, we're going to, you know, make it so that people are not allowed to travel within or like, uh, you know, away, like. 50 miles from their place of birth, you know, reduce all greenhouse gas emissions from regular travel, like airplanes and shit. Or in 50 years, if we haven't make, make a law where it's like in 50 years, if we haven't developed a technology that can pull carbon from the atmosphere, we instantly stop all petroleum production and usage. Or instantly stop all fossil fuel usage. Just fucking do whatever. 
you know? It just kind of blows my mind that it's really taken us this long to realize that the solution has always been and probably always will be to push responsibility away from ourselves and onto other people. Like, that is the American way. That is what the American dream is built off of. And so it blows my mind. Just fucking push push responsibility. You don't want to do it, obviously. So don't do it. But it's got to get done, right? Or else we all die. Or whatever people predict. We go to, we go to Mars. I don't know. The Mars colony uh, starts springing up. You know, low-orbit low real estate becomes the hot commodity. Or we just go underground. Plenty of options. But what I'm saying is skirt responsibility for any of this. That's the only way we're getting out. If you think that the financial institutions are fucked and you don't want uh, your finances to be you know, affected by some kind of sweeping changes, just make it so that you're exempt. I don't give a fuck at this point. I don't give a fuck if some... Congressman cashes out and, you know, maybe gets to keep his $90 million. At the end of the day, we're shooting for the billions. We're shooting for generations of billionaires to come. Or, I mean, I'm not saying nobody should be a billionaire. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. It's fucking hard to make that much money, especially off of, like, legitimate, you know, kosher-ass ways of making money. But, you know, maybe they've also made billions of dollars for other people and improve the lives of, you know, hundreds of thousands of other people through their uh, incessant greed or, or whatever. I don't even know what you do with a billion dollars. What is your life really any different once you have $10 billion to like $12 billion? You know, like, did you just, are you just kind of like doing your shit and you just happened upon, you know, like a couple extra billion. It just kind of, what's the point? Where, where does it stop? What's the end game for a billionaire? Is it just to have more money than other billionaires? I, I, I don't know. Maybe. And now it's time for everyone's favorite part of the show. Imaginary ads. This is a brief part of the show, ideally brief, where uh, I just talk about some imaginary products that uh, delusionally sponsor the show, Um, because I do have a delusional perception that potentially one day this will be a money-making opportunity for myself. I want to make some fucking cash money to yell into this microphone about the nonsensical world that we live in. And sometimes even the sensical world that we live in. There's some good shit happening out there. And one of those great things is cereal alternatives. Doesn't everybody love to eat cereal and shove cereal into their fucking mouths? Isn't that just such a grand time? It, what if you could find a product that made it so you could eat more cereal than you do now but you wouldn't have to adjust your life in any way to maintain the health that you have. There are real things like that. It's called Magic Fork Cereal. 
Um, I believe any of your favorite podcasters or com- comedians have promo codes uh, for Magic Fork Cereal. So I would recommend you seek out one of these promo codes before you buy. You'll be supporting a comedian that you might like or just comedy in general or a podcast you might like or podcasts in general. I'm not really sure podcasts need a lot more support. At least the whole field. Some podcasts, sure. Um, but this uh, kind of serial, it's, it's life-changing. Uh, you know, if you, if you could think of what's the most wild request you'd have from your cereal, uh, magic fork cereal accomplishes that goal. If you think that you need HGH or testosterone replacement therapy, you don't, you need to eat more cereal and ideally cereal that is low in sugar, low in carbs, but high in protein. And you may be asking yourself, cereal with HGH in it cannot taste good, right? You would be surprised. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard anyone say ever. How could HGH not be delicious? How could pretty much just a protein paste not be delicious? That doesn't make any sense to me. So I, frankly, I reject your question entirely. How dare you bring it up? And... I, I hope that you're not able to sneeze anymore. I hope you lose the ability to sneeze for the rest of your life. So good luck with that. Good luck with your allergies. And speaking of allergies, I'd like to do one more ad for an allergy medication that will make your dick soft forever. So if you've ever thought to yourself, my sex drive is a little bit too high, and I'm, I'm frankly trying to fuck everything that walks. And it's just not sustainable. Uh, this is an allergy pill. You can even take this allergy pill without allergies. If you really just want your dick to be soft 24-7, um, you, you can just take this allergy pill. But here's the kicker. If you have allergies, it is an excellent allergy pill, and you're really just going to have to overcome the whole soft wiener conundrum. So, you know, there's pros and cons to everything, and I'm going to tell you what the pros and cons of this medication are. It, It really depends on the context. It really depends on your needs. But it is an allergy pill, very effective at preventing allergies and making your wiener soft. So, buy now. Buy, buy the product, and use my promo code uh, OAYN at checkout to get your first box free, uh, a 10-day supply. Um, so just make sure that your partner is out of town for those 10 days and make sure that uh, Oak is high. I've heard Oak is high recently. Um, I've heard... Oak is high actually everywhere, not even just places that have oak trees. Oak has actually been detected in Siberia. Um, so please, please, wa- you know, watch out. Uh, take care of yourself. Take care of your immune system. But frankly, don't take care of your immune system 
too much. If you start taking vitamins and supplements that boost your immune system too high, you know what you're going to get? You're going to get a fucking autoimmune disorder. That's what an autoimmune disorder is. Your immune system becomes far too powerful, and it's almost like uh, you know, you're battling with your inner demons. But really, in this case, your inner demons are winning, and they're fucking you up, and they're going to destroy your joints and your thyroid. So do your best. Find a healthy balance of your immune system. Not too strong, not too weak. You know, you don't want to be like Bubble Boy, and you can't even have a dog fart in your face without having to go to the hospital. Um, but you don't want your immune system too strong. So I, I know it's been talked about a lot, and probably to death, but I'd like to beat this, la- this horse one last time just to get this point across. Don't let your immune system get too strong. It will kill you. Always got to love some good old-fashioned imaginary ads, but moving on to, uh, rather than like politics or, or how the world might be fucked, let's move on to some social issues. And the real social issue that I've been dealing with recently, um, it, it just seems like the perennial topic, and I don't know how long this is going to last, I don't, how many more years we're really going to have this discussion, um, just, you know in everyday life. I got to ask my parents on their fucking views about this stuff. When, when are we going to figure out trans people? Like, I, I feel like gay people have been pretty well figured out. You just, you just say, yeah, that's a gay dude and his gay husband and they are gay together. And that is just spectacular. And, and, and this was an, an issue Particularly for me and my family. One time my dad was like, bro, this gay guy died. And in his obituary, it said that he was survived by his husband. And I was like, yeah. And he was like, that's not his husband. And I was like, what do you mean? And he was like, well, you know, a husband is married to a wife. If you're not married to a woman, you're not a husband. And I was like, dude, I don't, I know you've got some like questionable views on this. He said some questionable things in the past, but it was like, oh yeah, man, we do need to have a like vernacular understanding. I mean, pretty much just he needed to shift his vernacular understanding from such a restrictive, you know, usage to a man married to a woman to just a man married, you know, but I don't know. It wasn't a big leap for me, and I don't think it was a big leap for a lot of people to just go from a man married to a woman to a husband is just a man married. Not that crazy. But there are a lot of different things whenever you try to remove gender from it entirely. Like, is there a term that's more or less equivalent to husband or wife? but it's fully non-gendered. I mean, like, we've got spouse. Spouse works pretty well. Spouse can be non-gendered. But even something more simple, like an actor or an actress, is there a, an equivalent term for an intersex person that acts in films and TV? You know? Like, is it... Uh, I- I'm not sure what it is, but 
at least from what I'm getting so far, it, it, it's a combination of the two words for each, you know, gendered word, actor and actress, and then you put an X in there somewhere. So here's what I'm proposing. We start calling all people, all persons, all humans that, I mean, maybe even animals, fuck, I don't know, fucking dog actor or whatever, we call them actrixes. They are act, or maybe maybe we just leave this for intersex people or non-binary people or what have you, people that aren't in the conventional gender binary, they exist outside of that. They can be called actrixes. Act, it's 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 something like that. It's something. It's got to be it, obviously. It has to have an X. There's no chance we're getting away from the word having an X in it, right? Let Latinx or Latinx. That's a classic one. Zim and Zer. You know, there's an, another. I, I do. I do see the merit in using an X to describe you know, these like gender non-binary individuals. So I'm just curious, how can we take more gendered terms and add X's to them to make it all fit right? Now, I just want to take a little bit of time here at the end to, uh, you know, divert from our path, uh, our crusade of uh, changing the way that the world looks at itself, um, to really, you know, change the way that the world looks at me and, and frankly, the way that I look at myself. Um, I have a, I don't know if it's a confession, confession doesn't seem like the right word, but I wouldn't be surprised if somebody used confession, if they were in a similar situation, but I wanted to talk about something very near and dear to my heart. Um, just about every day, uh, I, I do pretty intensive stretching. Um, and this is just about for the express purpose of trying to be able to suck my own dick. And I know, I know what you're probably thinking. I, like many of, uh, my, my fellow, uh, penis owners, uh, have been horrendously unable to suck their own dicks for thousands of years. I believe there might have been some outlier cases of some men who achieved nirvana and did suck their own dick. And I'm still curious to this day, uh, it's kind of like a chicken or the egg situation, which came first? Did they achieve nirvana and then suck their own dick? Or did they suck their own dick and then achieve nirvana? But in this most holy pursuit that uh, all men really find themselves on, um, it, you know, I've just had a hard time. It's been many years that I've been working at this. I think it's a goal that I will achieve one day. Um, and I know what you're probably thinking. Uh, if you suck your own dick, you know, because it's like you're already giving yourself hand jobs. You give yourself a hand job twice a day. Or if you're like Matthew McConaughey and the Wolf of Wall Street, you're, you're, you're jerking off five times a day just to keep sane. 
or whatever he fucking says. So you, you may be asking yourself, hey, man, you give yourself hand jobs already. You, 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 know, you don't think it's going to be gay to suck your own dick. Or even if it was gay, you wouldn't really be that bothered by it. But my question is, where, where do you come? Because if it's just, uh, you know, you're jerking yourself off, you just come on your belly button or what have you. But if you're sucking your own dick, you got some options. And here's, frankly, here's how I see it. And I know a lot of you probably have turned this off by now, but if you, if you stuck with me, through the, you know, 49 minutes, almost 50 minutes of this nonsense, you're probably asking yourself, where does he come? And, and, and I want to tell you, or where I, where I will be coming. And I want to tell you, I don't see the issue. I, it's not a complicated question to me. I already swallow my own spit. Okay. I've swallowed my spit like a hundred times in the past 50 minutes, and you guys have heard it. So I really just have to ask you, and it, maybe it's the perennial issue of, hey man, if you spit into a cup for an hour, you wouldn't want to drink that, would you? Well, sure. But I swallow my own spit all the time. Maybe it, it's, there's something about like it being exposed to the open air that causes people to think it's gross. That's what I'm saying. You would, I, I think if dick sucking was a regularity, people would be coming in their own mouths all the time. All the time. No, like nowhere else but. You know? Like you'd honestly be like, oh dude, I don't even jerk off anymore. I only suck my own dick because it's just so much less messy. You know? So I don't know. It's been a question that's plagued my mind for a long time. Um, and I, I really want to be faced with that reality. Uh, that's that's most of the reason why I am putting in all this effort to try to suck my own dick. Is I, would, I would like to be a pioneer on this front. Like, it, it almost seems like, you know, the the boundary has to get pushed further. And then more people will realize, oh, that is something amazing that we can do. You know? Tony Hawk did the 900, and no one thought it was possible. But then once he did the 900, motherfuckers were out there, and they were like, dude, what if we could do a 1080? You know, he did it. He pushed the boundary. And now uh, a lot of people can, you know, have done a 900. He's not the only one. He pushed the boundary. Others followed. I want to be the Tony Hawk of sucking dick. Sucking my own dick, specifically. You know, like, once, once I become this pioneer and, and, you know, develop this skill, it, it's almost, I have the, the, the freedom and, and potentially the obligation to kind of set the norms, set the traditions, set the culture around sucking your own dick. And I'm excited to, uh, to do that. So I will keep you all updated. Um, I know uh, you will be patiently waiting on the edge of your seat to, um, you know, see what I find, see if it's worth it, see if this really would be the revolution uh, and put the fleshlight industry out of business.
um, you know, potentially. I, I just, one thing I'm always suspicious of is it's very difficult to reduce variety in sexual experiences and have that go well. I, I, I really don't think that, uh, you know, ver- reducing variety is even a realistic aim for, you know, people's sexuality and, and sexual interests. You know, it's just not, it's just not going to happen. It, it, there's like, I think there's some old saying, it's like, oh yeah, if, if your girlfriend lets you come on her face once, it's never going to be just that one time. You're going to ask, you've broken that barrier a little bit. You're going to ask to come on her face every time. And then eventually you're going to be like, hey, where else can I come? You know, you really can't be reducing that spice of life in something so spicy. But, uh, on that bombshell, that is uh, all we have for the day. This was the only audio you need. Episode one, you know, I want to say 128, but 127 might be a bit of a dark episode. And uh, it, might, it might just go off in a little time capsule. Let the cream brew a little bit longer, you know? So we're going to call this episode 128, and 127 will be a a dark episode. One day, maybe it'll come out. Who knows? But uh, that shit was too hot for TV, or whatever. Um, So uh, check out Only Audio You Need uh, on Twitter and on YouTube. Um, Follow us and, you know, keep... I don't know, press the fucking, you, you fucking know what it is. Press the buttons to make it so that you hear the shit more often. And tell your, tell your friends. No, frankly, don't tell your friends. Don't let anybody know that you've listened to 55 minutes of this nonsense. They'll look at you differently. Tell people who you don't give a shit about at all. Tell people who, they won't even look you in the eyes. Because they've got such little self-worth. That's, that's ideally the audience of this show. People who are on their last legs. And they, they probably should be lobotomized. Alrighty. Have a good evening. Bye.